Welcome to the Smart Industry Podcast, Remaking Industry, where we dive deep into the tools, techniques, and technologies that are accelerating digital transformation. Hello, and thank you for joining us today on the Remaking Industry podcast. We're thrilled to have you with us. Uh, My name is Chris McNamara. I am Editor-in-Chief with Smart Industry. Uh, Today, we are chatting with John Greenfield. John is the Vice President of Business Development and Partnerships with Everactive. Everactive is um, a sponsor of our Basecamp Digital uh, webinar series, Um, so we're thrilled to have them on board. And for those of you listening, if you want to um, dive deep into uh, that webinar series, please do check us out at smartindustry.com where you can find all of our Basecamp Digital webinars on demand. John, you there with us? I am. Thanks for having me, Chris. Excellent. Thanks for joining us here. I love that last name in this field. We're always talking about brownfield <laughs> assets and greenfield assets and all that stuff. So I, I swear I've had it since birth. <laughs> um, let's jump right into it. Today we're talking about um, sensors, modern sensors, smart sensors, new capabilities, and specifically um, we'll be looking at batteryless sensors. And I'm going to uh, apologize ahead of time to you and to our listeners that I'm going to mangle the word, the word batteryless probably more times than I'm going to say it um, smoothly. So please forgive me. Let me hear you say, it, John. How does it go? It's batteryless, but it, it, it's a tough one. So don't, don't worry about it. Okay. Um, talk to me a little bit about um, uh, your company, Everactive, and your role uh, with Everactive and your clients. Who do you guys work with? Yeah, absolutely. So we at Everactive help manufacturers improve their operations. And put really simply, we're, we're focused on helping them save time, money, and prevent unplanned downtime. And the way we do that is by deploying always-on, maintenance-free, which is actually a good substitute for batteryless if, if you ever want to use that. All right, I like that. It's and nice. yeah, exactly. And uh, do so as a service. So um, as part of as part of my responsibility, I'm uh, focused on the partnership relationships. So that's really when when we think about that, that means anyone else who's in the value chain with our end customers or clients. And uh, to to give you kind of a sense there, we work primarily with large industrial manufacturers today. So anyone who has a large facility, a large manufacturing footprint, uh, they can range a pretty wide range in terms of industries from food and beverage, consumer packaged goods, chemicals processing, as well as, as pharmaceuticals. So yeah. one, just one example in, in that space is um, one of the, one of the partners that we have announced publicly is uh, an OEM in the steam and condensate market, um, Armstrong International. They're, they're based up in Michigan. Okay. Excellent. And so it's the, as a service model. So you're, you're essentially, uh, selling customers solutions rather than the products themselves, correct? Exactly right. Okay. Um, so let's talk about new capabilities with this new technology. What does, what do batteryless sensors enable us to do that traditional battery um, technology has uh, been limited with? What can we do now better? Yeah. So at, at at the highest level, the the thing that removing the battery allows you to do is put these sensors or put any sensor in many more places. And the reason that you can do that is because you don't have the maintenance that's typically associated with a 
battery powered sensor. Sure. And that can result in, you know, either putting them in, in places that traditionally haven't been, maybe they haven't been safe to go in for a person yeah. or, or just deploy these, these types of sensors in, uh, in significantly greater volumes than, than you would have otherwise, because you don't, for example, and this is something our, our clients often mentioned us, they don't want to turn their maintenance and reliability teams into full-time battery changers. Sure. Yeah. And um, what type of sensors are we talking about? And, 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 and um, I mean, is it the full gamut of, you know, pressure sensors and vibration sensors and sound and things like that? And, and how, you know, let me ask you a dumb question. How do we move away from a battery? You know, my radio Mm-hmm. needs battery and I'm 95 mm-hmm. years old now by saying my radio needs batteries. Uh, <laughs> you know, how, how does it work? How does it something yes. operate without a battery? So there's, there's two components. There's kind of a, you can think of it as a demand side and a supply side. So the, the demand side is how do we, how do we make the electronics use less energy? And on that side of it, our co-founders have spent the better part of their adult lives uh, thinking about and, and answering that question. And it involved and required going back to really a first principles approach and, and redesigning uh, in, integrated circuits from, from the ground up. That's, that's, a, that's a way that you get to a thousand times lower power than something that kind of looks similar, but, but is much higher power. Mm-hmm. And the other side of it is that you still do need some energy. So what we do is harvest energy and, and other, there are other companies that, that are focused on energy harvesting solutions or, or products as well as components. And that's, um, you know, the, the one that people are probably the most familiar with is solar. We use small solar cells indoor and outdoor in our products. Mm-hmm. Uh, as well as as well as using small differences in temperature, so uh, thermoelectric generators also can be used in in our products. And really, the key there is that you're not we are not generating more energy than someone else, um, but we are able to do much more work, um, whether that's computation or um, data trend like wireless data transmission, with a set amount of uh, energy that you can harvest in in one of these you know dark industrial environments yeah and again what are we what type of sensors are we talking about is it the full gamut of industrial sensors yeah this is this is a little bit more specific to our approach but it's what we have done is is focus on assets so we've basically think of like walking into a manufacturing facility pointing at a type of asset and then saying what are all the sensors that i might want or need in order to tell whether or not that piece of equipment is operating well mm-hmm. so um in the first, in our first product, it, it's primarily looking at uh, two temperatures. So think of it as differential temperature mm-hmm. and analyzing that data over time. In the second product, uh, the there's a three-axis accelerometer. So it's really focused around vibration analysis for rotating equipment, but it also does have a couple of temperature sensors, a relative humidity sensor, and uh, a sensor to, to analyze magnetic fields. Interesting. Okay. And let's talk applications. Um, I, I want to know what some of the most common applications um, or, or the most, uh, app, you know, applications where there's the most to gain and it's widely distributed here. And, and I'd love to know what's uh, kind of the strangest, most exotic, harshest environment that um, you've seen these um, 
sensors at work in. So what's, first off, what's real common? What, uh, what are the most commonplace applications? Yeah, so the, the first product is focused on steam distribution systems. So monitoring steam traps with, within those systems. And at, <clears throat> there's, kind of a, there's kind of a break in terms of category, which is between people who are using that steam for heating and cooling purposes, like right. university or, or, um, or a hospital, for example, and then on the other side, people who are using that for process, and that's more your kind of traditional manufacturing clients. And um, in terms of strange or kind of wide, wide variety there, we have that product installed at uh, facilities that make candy and that make dog food. Fortunately, that's not the same facility. Yeah, right. um, we've, we've had uh, sensors that that were up in the Chicago area in the 29th during the 2019 polar vortex. So mm -hmm. we we got some interesting data and, and readings during that time. Mm -hmm. And then the maybe the last one that I'd, I'd mentioned is we we do have um, some systems installed at at an Air Force base a couple hundred feet away from some pretty cool fighter jets. So that was a that was a fun one for our team as well. Very cool. Um, Talk to me about uh, topical changes. How is the pandemic, uh, and now we're, we're recording this um, in late October of 2020 here. Um, how is the pandemic, in a, in a larger sense, how is the pandemic um, affecting sensors in general or monitoring in general? Um, and then in a specific sense, how is it um, affecting your work? Is there a is there a um, explosion in in demand for you know just as there is with with overall um, more autonomy or autonomous you know automation in the industrial space mm -hmm. is there a greater need for sensors with fewer people I mean there's there's more reason now to have fewer people out there right yes uh, short short answer is yes so we we have seen two things one is that in a lot of cases, it's harder for us to physically get into facilities, right? Just the same way that it is for even you know employees of of companies to get into those facilities. So there's in in, in many cases fewer people per you know per facility. Yeah. Um, so that's you know that's that's affected uh, our you know our customer and our operations team from from that perspective, and. At the same time, what what you mentioned is definitely happening. So, the pandemic, in in our view, has really brought the value of remote monitoring into sharp focus, and it sort of moved from being in the category of something that is a operational efficiency improvement type project to an absolute imperative. Yeah. So, it I think those two things in combination, I think. Um, lead to a trend that we're seeing, which is an increased focus across the industry, but it's certainly at, at EverActive as well, in terms of building the right tools so anyone can install these types of systems and use any uh, these types of systems. Mm -hmm. So really, almost the democratization of the ease of use and the ease of install um, and the full stack aspect has has uh, sort of has an impact on that as well because um, when you don't need to integrate a bunch of different pieces together, then you tend to have products that quote unquote just work. Yeah. 
Yeah, I hear that a lot um, across industry. The shift from <clears throat> um, nice to have to must have. You know, it's mm -hmm. really um, uh, this this challenging period has really um, prompted a rapid acceleration of adoption of uh, a, a lot of these things, and, and that's exactly what we're talking about right here with sensors. Um, John, last question for you here. Let's look um, to the coming uh, few months or few years. What excites you in the world of industrial sensors in the very near future? Yeah, the, the main thing for, for me is just the growth because it feels like because partly because of the pandemic, the industry is at, at, at a key inflection point now. The technology from you know, a variety of, of, of sensors and, and companies, the technology is ready. And customers who, from, from our experience, customers who are leaning further into this are seeing the value. Um, and that includes hard ROIs. And as a result of that, they are getting ready or in the process of going much bigger. Um, I think the, the one other trend that, that really plays into that is that over time, <clears throat> we've seen that customers need to deploy less infrastructure in order to get these systems up and running. Mm -hmm. And that's something that we're continuing to push on and also see as, as sort of a key enabler to, to making customers' lives much easier in terms of adopting this, this type of technology. Yeah. So from, from our point of view, it is in some ways still early, but there's it, it feels like we're getting to the point in the race, so to speak, where there's sort of a lead pack that's emerging. And if the customers are in that, then they're able to see really value from, from these kinds of solutions and as a result, be able to take advantage of them. Excellent. John Greenfield with EverActive, thank you for sharing your perspective with us today. You're welcome, Chris. Thanks very much for having me. Very interesting stuff. Sensors of the future. I love it. Uh, and thanks to our listeners for joining us again today. As always, we encourage you to go out and make it a smart day.